and welcome to the Credit Union Overtime Podcast, produced and presented by the Credit Union Webinar Network, powered by FinEd. Today, we have Michael Christians with us to discuss his webinar as a part of the new account series, Regulatory Alphabet for Deposit Accounts. As principal of Michael Christians Consulting, LLC, Michael assists financial institutions and organizations across the country with ensuring their compliance programs conform to federal laws and regulations. He provides counsel relative to current rules, assists with strategic implementation of upcoming regulatory changes, and offers customized education and training services. Michael has more than two decades of experience in the financial services industry with a primary focus on consumer compliance. He obtained his Juris Doctorate from Drake University Law School. He is a member of the Iowa State Bar, where he is licensed to practice law. And so with that, Michael, thank you so much for joining us today. I know it's a very busy time of the year, and I appreciate you making the time for me. Well, absolutely, Rachel. I appreciate the invitation. <laughs> awesome. Well, yeah. Well, so if you just want to jump right into it, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about your uh, re- webinar, The Regulatory Alphabet for Deposit um, accounts. And on that note, I have a couple of questions for you. And so the first one is, can you tell us who could gain the most from taking this session and who is it really intended for? Yeah, absolutely. So the regulatory alphabet for deposit accounts, you know, our discussion takes a look at all of those various uh, federal regulations that impact uh, the opening of deposit accounts at financial institutions. So really, you know, this this session is designed specifically for new accounts representatives, um, deposit operations personnel, um, retail managers, and also, you know, compliance prof- professionals uh, would would gain something from the discussion as well, just kind of an overview of all of those different deposit account regulations. Awesome. Well, that's fantastic. Um, And kind of a follow-up to that is, um, why should institutions be focusing their attention on regulatory compliance right now? Why is it um, timely? Why is it important at this moment? Yeah, it's an interesting question. You know, I'm not sure that there's really ever a time that financial institutions should not be focusing uh, <laughs> on, on regulatory compliance. Um, you know, so so little story here. So we're we're just a little over a decade removed uh, from when the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau uh, opened up its doors, and you know, in that time, we've seen hundreds of thousands of pages of rulemaking. Uh, from them, and 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 that's just the CFPB, right? That's not to mention uh, additional regulatory requirements that have been added by other regulators, such as the Federal Reserve, uh, the OCC, uh, the NCUA, FinCEN, etc. Um, you know, it just it really takes a constant focus uh, to stay on top uh, of all of this rulemaking. Now, specifically with regards to the the uh, regulatory alphabet for deposit accounts series i think this session is timely for for a couple of different specific reasons you know um, institutions, they're still grappling a little bit uh, with some of the additional Bank Secrecy Act uh, customer due diligence requirements that were imposed by FinCEN uh, b- back in uh, 2018. And, you know, we spent some time in this session talking about uh, best practices when it comes to, to that uh, particular rule change. Uh, also, last year, uh, I guess it would have been about July of 2020, um, several of the uh, funds availability thresholds under Regulation CC were adjusted for inflation. And, you know, in, in our discussion of the uh, regulatory alphabet for deposit accounts, you know, we, we make sure that, that participants have the most up-to-date information for purposes of updating their funds availability policy. Now, 
those are, you know, very specific, um, you know, topics that we cover during the session. But in addition, I just want to say, I think that the, that the discussion of this is valuable because it allows financial institutions to level set. And what I mean by that is, you know, we've seen so much change uh, from a regulatory compliance perspective in the lending space uh, over the last 10 years that sometimes it's uh, easy to forget about this this body of law that's out there that governs deposit accounts. And so, you know, this session really provides new employees the information they need to hit the ground running. Uh, but also, it's a great refresher for those who have been in the business for a while, uh, you know, if for no other reason, Rachel, than to just confirm uh, those regulatory requirements that haven't changed uh, over the past 10 years. Absolutely. Well, fantastic. Sounds like there's a lot to be gained from taking this. Um, and so um, my next question was going to be, are there any common mistakes when it comes to deposit account compliance um, that you see regularly? You know, you see you work with this all the time and, and you work with a lot of different institutions. So is there anything that you kind of sticks out to you as something you see often? Yeah, you know, on the deposit account side, there's there's several things that I think uh, institutions struggle with. Um, you know, some examples um, I see a lot of times where an institution is advertising a deposit account and and, and they're not including the the necessary disclosures uh, as part of that advertisement that are required under the Truth and Savings Act. Um, I see institutions that continue to send out uh, annual privacy notices under Regulation P, although there is uh, an exemption out there that a lot of institutions could take advantage of uh, to, to not have to send out that annual privacy notice. Um, Regulation E is a big space, uh, specifically when it comes to error resolution procedures, right? So how long does a financial institution have to investigate a notice of error? What can they or can they not require uh, from a consumer in connection uh, with his or her dispute uh, about an ATM or debit card transaction. So there's a lot of uh, a, a lot of room for error, I guess I'll say, under Regulation E. Um, institutions, uh, when we look at Regulation uh, CC, uh, institutions uh, not utilizing the exception holds available under the Expedited Funds Availability Act, and you know that's really important because these exception holds are designed not only to protect the institution, but but obviously to protect the the consumer as well, and then. You know the the other thing um, uh, that that institutions really struggle with is when filing suspicious activity reports under the Bank Secrecy Act. Um, you know, I I, I I hear a lot of stories about incomplete SAR narratives that, you know, really kind of fail to adequately tell the story of the suspicious activity and, and why the report's being filed. So, you know, there's there, there are a lot of, again, opportunities uh, for mistakes, uh, you know, both on the on the lending side, but obviously also on the deposit side as well. And so, you know, I'm 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 hoping that the information that we that we cover in this session really tries to help clarify some of those uh, specific requirements. Absolutely, um, and you know, you you kind of already uh, touched on some of the some of the rule changes that have happened. But um, my next question is going to be kind of this elevator pitch. So, if you had the you know a time of an elevator ride to kind of tell me some of the highlights or um, just kind of important parts of the webinar, what would you like me to know in that span of time? <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. So, you know, again, I mean, this session, we take a comprehensive look at those alphabet regulations specifically that that impact uh, the opening of deposit accounts. You know, so in our discussion, we're going to look at 
things like the customer identification program and the due diligence requirements under the Bank Secrecy Act. Uh, again, talking about those exception holds and the other uh, availability thresholds under Regulation C. Um, looking, kind of doing a deep dive into Regulation E, the Electronic Fund Transfer Act, as far as uh, identifying consumer liability for unauthorized transactions really understanding what goes into your privacy notices under Regulation P. And then again, some of those uh, advertising and disclosure requirements uh, in, in imposed by the Truth and Savings Act. You know, the other thing that I think is helpful uh, with this particular session is not only do we cover a lot of ground, but then also participants um, uh, of the session receive a, uh, a, a kind of a, a library of handy one-page quick reference guides uh, for each of the of the uh, regulations or the rules that we discuss. So you'll get something for the Bank Secrecy Act, Expedited Funds Availability, Electronic Fund Transfer Act, uh, Graham-Leach-Bliley, and the Truth and Savings Act. So there's really a good amount of information information packed into this session, both during the session itself, as well as uh, some of your key takeaways. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for that little summary. I appreciate it. Um, and just just to kind of end the day, Michael, I like our um, audience to be able to get the chance to kind of get to know you a little bit. So um, I wanted to ask you, can you tell us what your favorite part of your job is? Yeah, you know, I've been doing compliance for a long time. And I got to say that, that uh, you know, I just I love helping financial professionals recognize the regulatory requirements that affect uh, each and every part of their day to day activities. You know, um, I've been in financial services for a little over two decades. Um, I've obviously uh, participated in my fair share of of compliance seminars. And, you know, sometimes they go a little something like this, right? You know, the, the error resolution procedures that financial institutions must follow are found in section 10.05.11 of Regulation E. Okay, but, but what does that actually mean? You know, what does that actually mean for the financial professional? What does that mean for the institution? What does that mean for the consumer? You know, and, and what I attempt to do, uh, you know, in, in my uh, sessions is I, I really try and kind of take advantage of the the years of frontline and operational experience that I have to kind of break down the rules into bite-sized common sense pieces that that really just kind of explain on a day-to-day -day basis exactly what financial uh, professionals need to do and when they need to do it and you know when you uh, when you kind of uh, you deliver this information, you see that light bulb turn on in someone's eyes, and and uh, you know you you know you've given them something that they can actually take away and use on a daily basis. That's 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 pretty rewarding for me. That's awesome, and I sure appreciate it. These regulations can be dense. <laughs> so, uh, that, that that is uh, that is not an understatement. That is correct. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, for all us uh, regular people over here, <laughs> we we appreciate people like you breaking it down for us. So that's that's awesome. You bet. <laughs> um, and okay, so just my my last question of the day, um, Michael, can you tell us a little bit about what Michael Christians Consulting has to offer? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, uh, Michael Christian's Consulting, it's a full-service compliance consulting firm. Uh, we assist uh, financial institutions and organizations across the country, um, you know, helping them, again, uh, ensure that their compliance programs as they're currently built are conforming to the federal laws. Um, you know, we, we look at current rules. We, we spend a lot of time looking at upcoming changes and, and preparing financial institutions for, you know, what, what policy uh, changes do I need to make? What procedural changes do I need to make in, in preparation for this new rule? And then 
of course, obviously, uh, a big part of what we do is that uh, compliance education and training. So, you know, if, if, if uh, anyone would like more information, I certainly encourage them to visit our website. That's uh, www.mchristiansconsulting.com. Uh, there you can learn more about the company. And, and also we have a blog uh, that is available to uh, anybody. So you can go out there and uh, catch up on the latest and greatest regulatory developments. So, uh, but uh, no, I appreciate the, uh, I appreciate the time today, Rachel. And I think this is a, a great session for those that are, uh, you know, heavily involved in the opening of deposit accounts. And I think uh, attendees will, will get a lot of good information out of it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Michael, for taking the time to chat with me today. You can access and purchase Michael's webinar on regulatory alphabet for deposit accounts at our website using the link in our show notes. You can also visit us at cuwebtraining.com. Be sure to follow us on LinkedIn and Facebook on the Credit Union Webinar Network pages. I would like to thank all of our state association partners, our topic experts, and you, the listeners. Thank you for all you do to support your members. <laughs>